everyone. Uh, welcome back to uh, another episode of the, the Leaders of Energy Change. We are here with two partners of uh, Boston Boston Group, uh, Jean Christophe Bernardini and Pietro Romanin, based in the Milan office and the uh, Middle East office, uh, respectively. Pietro, Jean Christophe, nice uh, having you here. It's great being here. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Great to be here as well. Nice to meet you. Fantastic. So could we kick off this interview and, uh, and podcast by uh, potentially giving us a, a little bit of a detail and uh, background about you? You know, uh, what do you do right now? Shall we start with uh, Jean-Christophe? Sure. I am Jean-Christophe Bernardini. I am a partner and associate director on BCG, working in upstream since 18 years, leading operations and digital transformation programs with major and NOCs across the globe. Fantastic. And uh, what about you, uh, Pietro? I'm Pietro Romanin. I'm a partner in the Milan office. Um, I work, let's say, the energy and more specifically oil and gas practice and the operation one. In these, I would say, last uh, five years, I've been working, I would say, mostly exclusively in the digital space. So in how to either launch large digital transformation or let's say, how to implement uh, digital use cases and uh, large implementations on our clients' assets uh, and the processes. So today I'll be happy to share uh, some of this experience with you. That's amazing. This podcast will, uh, will be uh, all about uh, energy transition, uh, digitalization, and then you know, uh, generally how new uh, technologies can really change the energy landscape as it is right now. So uh, I'm sure that you have a very big uh, overview in, in all aspects of the energy industry right now and how those things uh, are affecting it. Could you potentially, you know, cherry pick a few of those experiences and give us an overview, in, you know, maybe like a high level of what are the biggest changes that you're seeing right now? Thank you for the question. So um, what I see, let's say, in general, um, in, in the industry, besides the, the big energy transition trend that we all see, more specific, uh, we, we strongly see digitalization as being a strong part of it for, for two reasons, right? I think that the, the first one is because, you know, being digital, especially now, helps you push further, much faster, a lot of these transitions that are happening. So if you want to set up a new business model focused on renewable energy, for instance, uh, it's much easier to set it up if you start pure digital rather than you know if you have to deal with your legacy asset. Coming, let's say, to, to the upstream part, uh, I think that what we're seeing at the moment is that clients, after, let's say, I would say a timid startup, are now ramping up strongly their efforts on the digital space. I would say um, on two areas. I think one of the biggest challenges is about scaling up a lot of them did, you know, pilot projects or say one-off implementations. Now the challenge is really to scale up those implementations and bring uh, those single use cases to a much wider scale. And the second is uh, not only, you know, implementing at scale, but really changing their operating model in light of the energy transition that is happening uh, thanks to digital. Okay, uh, that uh, that makes sense. Uh, would you have any uh, particular examples, maybe either in um, upstream exploration or production, where you've seen you know smaller experiments, uh, as you describe them, uh, around digital, that they now need to be scaled up? Like, where do you see most of those uh, activities happening? Is it uh, exploration, production? And could you give us maybe 
little bit more uh, specific examples? Sure. So let me first uh, say one thing. So I think that now there is this strong pushing on digital because, you know, in this environment of strong uh, capital constraint, digital is a unique way to unlock value with uh, very small investments, right? Uh, this being said, and coming more uh, specifically to upstream examples, uh, I think that, you know, most players started out with a typical angle, right? So pilots on advanced analytics in maintenance, on rotating equipment or static equipment, uh, or let's say small scales application of, uh, you know, production optimization here and there. This on the production side, let's say more, let's say on the exploration reservoir side, they started thinking about how to put their data together and unlock the value that is in that data, right? But those were all experiences done at subscale, I would call I would call them, right? Now, let's say the, the, the challenge is to scale up those and, you know, staying on the operation side, for instance, uh, linking together all those single-use cases that were done at equipment level to really have an integrated platform at asset level, able to integrate information, not only from the advanced analytics, but also from the legacy system to put things in context, you know, to, to take decisions better, faster, and anticipating problems rather than reacting to them. Instead, in exploration and, and reservoir, I think, you know, it's, it's about, you know, really stepping up the game, leveraging also the, the, the new technologies and the, the strong processing power that is coming on stream to really unlock what has been largely a business based on experience and human experience and translating that human experience into models and advanced analytics data that should not substitute, but rather complement the human activity to expand the potential of what you can do in exploration, right? So it's not only left to the, geo to the geophysicist or, you know, to the experts in exploration to derive information, but rather the machine should help you at least identify patterns that then should be drilled down further to really identify if there is a meaningful play or not. I completely agree, uh, Pietro. My background uh, is also AI machine learning. And actually, I see so many uh, applications uh, out there, especially in the uh, exploration and uh, upstream space. You know, there are all of those pattern uh, recognition issues uh, and all of those cases that uh, machine learning can definitely be applied and offer a lot of almost uh, real-time solutions. So what is really stopping it? Uh, would you know? I know some cases where they would uh, deploy machine learning and AI and they would drastically reduce the time from discovery to first oil. But then what do you think is actually stopping all of those companies really scale up uh, all of those cases? Is it risk that they are afraid of? You know, is it that they're not very happy with the uh, technologies uh, as they are? Like what is really stopping them to really scale up and, uh, you know, must use those kind of uh, technologies? Thank you for the question. I think it's a great question. And, and then maybe JC can complement. So my view and our view as BCG is that largely it's not a problem of technology, right? But it's, it's about scaling up the technology because we, 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 we usually say, you know, that from our perspective, that the problem is 10% technology, 20% processes, and the rest it's about, you know, the human factor and the operating model. So being specific and making an example on exploration is not, you know, having the fastest uh, HPC, it's not having the, the best algorithm, but it's rather, you know, being uh, able to make sure that those algorithms are embedded in the daily routines connected to exploration and then appraisal and development uh, to really unlock the value, right? So if you have people, you know, that see these as small toys or gimmicks, uh, 
and, and, and people do not understand that this will substantially change the way in which they do business today, will never be able to unlock value. So you really need to work, let's say, on the organizational side, on the process side, on the incentive side to make sure that this technology, that now are reality, you know, really become mainstream. I think this is the biggest challenge that most of the companies face today for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, uh, I would say competence mix uh, current in the organization. The fact, you know, some managers are still, you know, linked to old ways of behaving and, and, uh, and producing so a lot of factors that needs to be addressed, uh, of which I think the least is really technology. That makes absolute sense. Uh, change management, I think, uh, is one of the main problems that a lot of companies need to be addressing right now, especially not only around te- uh, technology, right, but also with the energy uh, tradition going on. So um, I completely uh, agree. Uh, what about uh, Jean-Christophe? Uh, are you seeing the same thing? Like, do you see that tech uh, is something that... Um, that companies are are not really uh, adopting because of you know change management or are, are there maybe some other reasons? Uh, another reason that I had in mind maybe it would be risk, right? Because any kind of new new technology that is uh, implemented and adopted is potentially another new risk that they need to take into account, right? Essentially, if it's not really proven yet, if it's a new concept in the whole industry, so uh, do you see? New, uh, you know, all of those people being reluctant in scaling up and using those new, new, new technologies because they see them as as risk, as well, or is it on change management? Thanks for the question, which is a very interesting one. Obviously, adopting new technologies is a risk that needs to be managed through a robust risk analysis. By oil and gas companies are used to do it, but the key challenge is effectively the change management in order to secure user adoption to deliver expected impact. This starts by transforming business processes through digital solutions, starting by identifying business opportunities or operational challenges on a given activities or process before jumping in any solution. So the essence to this is defining business-centric digital use cases to unlock new value supporting by robust change management process to scale up the solutions and create real impacts for oil and gas players. So do you think that then this kind of, you know, change mod, uh, change management model and, uh, you know, uh, implementing uh, all of those steps, do you think that this can only be implemented by, you know, bigger companies that they have the resources or do you think that smaller operators, they are probably right now way more, you know, better positioned uh, since they are more, you know, agile and more adaptable to really, you know, tap into this new change, adapt all of those new strategies and, and technologies and, you know, uh, drive down their, uh, their costs and, uh, you know, be uh, successful. Yes, definitely. Medium-sized players could fully benefit from digital transformation and could be effectively more agile to embrace, to embrace those changes. For sure, their digital strategies need to be adapted focusing on proven and battle-tested technologies adapted to their strategy and specific operational needs, such as predictive maintenance solutions for rotating or static equipment, drilling analytics, digital twin, and so on. Thank you, Jean-Christophe. That that was a very good point. Um, I think moving to, to independence, it's interesting to see using new tech is always a risk. Um, do you think investors 
favor operators that use AI and digital solutions? Or do they see it as an extra unproven risk? Majors probably have the, the corporate, let's say, backing to try new things. But what about independence uh, that needs to produce bankable strategy in order to raise funds? So when we talk about digital, five years ago, digital was more considered as a buzzword that could sound not very attractive for investors. But right now, digital has proven on many steps on the ENP value chain, for example, such as development, drilling, production, or maintenance, their potential value and impact in order to, to be leveraged, to be more competitive in the market in terms of safety, production, performance, and cost. Oil and gas players should secure their delivery model to secure the value generation, reaching expected impact for the company and shareholders. In conclusion, leveraging AI and digital solutions could be an advantage as soon as operators can demonstrate the value generated. Very well understood. I think um, um, all, all these questions raised a lot, uh, you know, since uh, the, the COVID-19 and the, and the price environment, the new price environment. And um, COVID-19 um, obviously is not only affecting the, the revenues, but uh, it's also it's causing um, human resources problems too. Um, so moving from the side uh, of, let's say, the, the revenues and, uh, and to reduce OPEX of these oil and gas companies, um, if you think about places like offshore platforms that are very difficult places to work um, and, and the threat of the virus to spread and contaminate workers there is, is quite important. Um, I think uh, digital twins uh, of oil platforms are getting developed and uh, also for, for some plants. And it allows engineers to avoid going on the rig um, and give them access to the platform, uh, maybe sometime even from their home. Um, what can enable these digital twins exactly for the oil and gas companies? And what is the limit of this technology? So there are many digital twin concepts. But to unlock this technology, operators need to select the ones that are aligned with operation context and business priorities. Effectively, digital twin could be applied to avoid being on the rig, to reduce the number of man hours and reduce, obviously, the risk exposure. But also to optimize the schedule of activities for maintenance, construction and well services, for example. In conclusion, digital twin technology will effectively support the preparation of the activities and the optimization of the planning and schedule. But if the platform is not designed initially to be automated and operated in remote, the execution of the activities will have to be performed on board. Very nice, Jean-Christophe. Thank, thank you for this, uh, this answer. Um, I think moving on to human resources, um, it's, it's very important that uh, these technologies, uh, digital transformation, uh, also need talents. Um, in your opinion, do you need, if you are uh, an oil and gas company, do you need in-house talent to execute uh, on digital transformation or um, ONG companies should, should hire new talent, perhaps form, form them, uh, train them? Um, and outside of, of this uh, oil and gas company, uh, 
digital could be a, a lever as well to to upskill uh, local suppliers uh, and enhance uh, in country value generation. Um, what are your thoughts about about this? Thanks. This is an interesting point, definitely. Yes, oil and gas companies should hire or develop specific expertise. Globally, the oil and gas industry has difficulties recruiting digital talent at scale. This is considered by many companies as a top priority to prepare future ways of working to enable development of digital solutions at scale. Oil and gas companies should develop ambitious strategic capabilities to support flagship initiatives and plan recruitment and training accordingly. A key decision is the extent to which a company should develop digital capabilities in-house rather than relying on ecosystem of suppliers and partners. And to do so, operators need to evaluate the current status of their digital capability needs in comparison with their digital roadmap and adapt the plan based on the criticality of those resources to reach a good balance between the core resources that I need on a strategically and on a permanently basis versus the expertise that we, that we, that we could mobilize to comply with the short-term uh, needs. Fantastic. Uh, thank you, Jean-Christophe. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, actually, uh, thank you both for an amazing podcast episode. Uh, we've, uh, I think we pretty much touched upon everything uh, around uh, digital right now, right? Uh, I think, uh, and, and we only scratched the, scratched the surface. I know that is a massive subject and, you know, thank you both for uh, sharing your opinions um, on pretty much uh, everything around uh, digital. We uh, covered around, you know, uh, what are some main changes right now uh, in energy? Uh, how can uh, oil and gas companies use um, digital and uh, generally uh, AI and uh, digitalization? To really drive down opex and really unlock value that uh, that it is there, but it just ne- needs new 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 technology to um, unlock this value. And then we touched a little bit about you know how can they go about and uh, and do it right? Um, how can they uh, hire the the right people? And then also how can they also use digital in order to to even upskill and let's say equip. Um, local talent that maybe it's not really trained yet to uh, use all of those tools, uh, tools, but really use uh, digital as a leverage uh, and as a lever to you know start uh, using them. So thanks a lot both um, for all of your answers. Uh, we, we we couldn't really squeeze more you know into those thirty uh, minutes. So um, that was amazing. Where? Where could uh, someone find some more uh, details about uh, all of those subjects? Should they uh, reach out to you directly or uh, does maybe uh, BCG has any uh, dedicated website or, uh, I don't know, a knowledge hub that, uh, they, that they could find you? Thanks. All the information could be found on our website, but I would be very pleased to develop those subjects and to answer directly. Amazing. Uh, thanks a lot both. And uh, hopefully... We'll have you uh, again soon and we can go into uh, even more detail in uh, in one of those subjects. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. Mm-hmm.